Feeling inspired by host Ron and Tyler? This episode of the Movie Buffs podcast is brought to you by the YouTube workout channel Time to Train Fitness. With all things YouTube, it's free. Jump into a bar class, crank out a cycling workout, or pump out a strength session. Everything you need to work out for free at home. Check out the description and subscribe today. You heard the promo about Time to Train Fitness and you're thinking, how do I get some dumbbells? There's really only two products that I recommend when it comes to at-home fitness, and one of those are the Core Home Fitness Adjustable Dumbbells. If you're already following the YouTube workouts, these are the dumbbells that I use, me, Tyler, and you've probably seen me adjust them between the weights super fast. Along with adjusting quickly, they go from five pounds to 50 pounds and feel great in the hands. Head to the link in the description and grab yourself a pair. You have the free workouts on YouTube and will now have the dumbbells to help you reach your fitness goals. Let's get to the episode. Welcome to an episode of Back Day within the Movie Buffs podcast. My name is Tyler and I'm going to be going over Barbarian today. Now, I haven't done a Back Day episode in quite a bit, probably a few months, so... For new listeners, Back Day is a throwback. It's a throwback to any movie, any movie that um, you know might have come out over the last few years, or one that is maybe holds some special place within our hearts. So, really, can be a variety of things. And with this one specifically, Barbarian, I have to say that it's one that I probably would have not have watched in a day or in a week to week kind of situation uh, in my household. My wife is not a big fan of horror movies. So over the last, uh, let's see, I've been with her for close to 11 years, if not over 11 years, that we don't really watch many horror movies. I think maybe a few. And sometimes movies that are just suspenseful pushes <laughs> the boundary of that. And so when she goes out of town, I take that opportunity to watch a horror movie or catch up on a movie that is either horror or sports related. And so Barbarian was one of those. Just a few days before I watched it, I think it was maybe the Thursday before I watched it on a Saturday night. I was in my bowling league and I was talking with our with my friends, teammates, and th- with them, I was taking recommendations. There was another fellow movie or there's a few movie uh, aficionados on our team or that, that show up. And so I was asking them for recommendations. And also uh, one of my best friends that is a listener of this podcast and two of them said Barbarian. So I was like, okay, I'm going to look it up. I read the summary right there and I was like, okay, this looks looks interesting. The next day, Friday, I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, it has my attention and so with two friends recommending you watching the trailer, I was like, okay, got to commit to it. And before I start talking about the actual movie, the cast, writer, director, and then also give the breakdown summary, all that kind of stuff, I got to say, I got to give credit to horror movies in general over the last five, 10 years. I don't know when this switch or upgrade, well, I think upgrade's a pretty good word to describe it, but I remember when I was young, a teen, that like movies like 13 Ghosts, Amityville Horror, like those came out and you're like, it's not like you're putting those up to any type of quality movie. You're like, the acting in that one, ugh. I mean, yeah. Or even the original Screams, thinking about watching them or I Know What You Did Last Summer. Not the best acting, not the best movies in general. 
even the sequels, you're like, oh my good, like I still know what you did last summer. Oh man, I, I think I watched that. I had to be in the last year and a half, and I was like, wow, this is pretty bad. So movies, the horror genre, has really improved in my opinion. And so I don't again, I don't know when this transition happened that these movies started coming out and there's good acting, good directing, good stories. They're actually things that you're like, wow, like I'm not going to sleep tonight that this happened. And so if you're listening, you're like, I think it was around this date time. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the uh, comments on maybe social media. But uh, it's really one of those things where I'm impressed. I got to give credit to them. And I think you see these quality of movies, they're actual quality. And so the directors from them are getting opportunities. It's not like a one and done kind of thing. You got your shot making a horror, horror film. And maybe that's all you, you do is make C-level horror films. I mean, we got Andy Muschietti. He did It and Mama. And I mean, he's the director of Flash. And I also saw on there, I didn't know this, but he was, uh, I don't know if he was a creator or director for Lock and Key. That's a pretty, uh, not a really popular Netflix show, but it's one that we watch in our household. James Wan saw in Conjuring. He did Furious 7 and also Aquaman. And David F. Sandberg, Lights Out Annabelle. And then he's done the two Shazams. These are guys getting opportunities in mainstream not just sticking within their whore uh, area. So it's really cool, I think, to see that with the improvement of these movies across the board, they're getting opportunities in other areas and also the people that really enjoy these types of movies. They're not watching things that are just laughable. Uh, one more kind of throwback in my mind was I remember when I was a teen, we went over to one of my friend's houses, his little uh, underhouse movie theater we'll call it it was like a something that his him and his brother and their friends dug out a hole underneath their house and then they put in like uh a studio seating kind of like two levels and a projector and we watched uh one of the one of the ones that was done by rob zombie and i remember like thinking like wow this is actually terrifying like i can't remember what which one it was but i know they made uh spinoffs and sequels to it i was like wow that was intense so really cool. Fast forward to 2023, getting all these quality movies coming out. A quick promo break here in this episode. If you've been a fan of our podcast, you've probably already heard me, Tyler, one of your hosts, talk about the Naboso insoles. If you are ever wondering about, oh, what are insoles? How do they help my feet? Are they really useful? I got to tell you that I've been wearing these duo insoles for probably a year and a half now, and I think they're game changers. If you sit at a desk, if you are on your feet, so basically anybody for anybody in the world, they can really help with your health. If you ever have foot pain or if you have any type of issues with your feet, these can be a game changer for you. Hopefully, you take my word on it, you head to the link in the description, you buy yourself a pair, and you come back and you share it that, oh, I actually bought those insoles and they actually do work. You know, that'd be something that we'd love to hear, love to see, because that means that you're working on your health. That's it for the promo break. Let's get back to the episode. Let's now get to talking about Barbarian. Now, in doing the research for it, came out in 2022, writer and director Zach Kredger, Kredger, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. When I saw his IMDb 
he looked familiar and I couldn't really place him on anything. I was going through the, his things that he's done as an actor, director. And I'm guessing, cause I don't, I, I didn't really watch the whole movie of Miss March. He was the director of it and I think he was the main actor in it. And I'm not sure if that is where I can place him from. I didn't see any of the TV shows he was in. And I don't even know who he was in Barbarian, but he has an acting credit in Barbarian. I don't know if he was one of the voices in it or maybe he's in the bar. Can't place him. But uh, impressive that he was the writer and director of this. And so let's go through the cast now. And here's where I'm going to give my spoiler alert for the show. So far, haven't really talked about any spoilers. And here, if you have not seen it and you're planning to see this movie, this is where you'd want to maybe turn off and come back to this episode because I am going to talk about some of the things in the movie and how it plays in the long run of, of different storylines. Now, Georgina Campbell, she plays Tess in it. She's the main actress in it and one that you see throughout the movie. There's Bill Skarsgård, plays Keith. Uh, that's it. And he's the youngest Skarsgård, I believe. And he's been in other horror things, horror Horror movies, uh, and I'm trying to blank again. I, I feel like I say that a lot in these podcasts. I'm trying to blank on the uh, Hulu show um, that my that uh, my wife and I watched that he's in, and he's like stuck in some basement, and it's like a a town that just has so much evil in it. And I know after I'm done recording this that it's gonna come to me. But uh, next in here is there's Justin Long. He's I like him as an actor. I think I've seen Accepted way too many times. I think he's funny. I was kind of shocked to see that he's on a game show now. Uh, but he plays an actor that's accused of forcing himself onto a co-star. So popular storyline these days. Don't do that. Be a decent human being. And so very relevant to today's uh, Hollywood and even uh, reality of the workplace. And then the actor who portrayed the mother character He's actually a dude, and I kind of got a, a little laugh to myself when I saw that he he co-wrote Disney songs, and just thinking on the character in this in this movie and uh, what this guy does in real life. I mean, that's acting, but uh, going from writing Disney songs to playing the mother character in this big switch there. Now let's jump into the movie. This movie kind of plays in two parts. The first like forty five minutes. It's Tess and Keith, and you get a quick, quick glimpse of the mer- uh, the mother character. And not having seen many scary movies, how I mentioned in the beginning, in the last few years, when Tess ca- goes into the basement, when she finds the hidden door, when she opens it, I was honestly thinking, okay, I, sh- I shouldn't have watched this. I- why did I turn this on? I think I still have time to switch over to maybe watch Nope. Or just watch another episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> I, I, I really considered all those options. I had goosebumps. I was not not feeling it. I was I was scared, but uh, powered through. And so the first half of this movie, Georgina and Bill, and this part of the movie, it really plays on the audience not trusting Bill's character. If you've seen him in other movies, you see him in general. You're just like, okay, he's the killer. You watch the trailer. He's the killer. Like he set up this wrong uh, Airbnb. That's kind of the premise of this is that they meet by the uh, housing management company, double booking them. And in the middle of the night in this bad part of Detroit, this house that 
they end up staying the night together. And the whole time you are not trusting his character. You're just thinking he's the killer. He's in that killer. Everything he does, it's bad. I mean, they have a, a scene where, you know, he tries to get her to have a glass of wine with her. And he's like, okay, I saw you didn't drink the tea that I made for you. You can see, you could watch me open this wine bottle. I trust, trust me. I'm, I'm not doing anything right here. And you're just like, yep, yep. He is. He's the killer. You keep thinking this. I mean, there's a scene where her door opens while she's sleeping on the first night. And you're just thinking he did it. He's, he's running around. He's doing something creepy and cuts to him sleeping on the couch, having these tears. And even in the basement scene, all the way up until he there, I'll just, I'm going to say right now, I already said spoiler, all, all the way up until his character gets killed. Uh, you're thinking, okay, he's going to turn into Pennywise and he's going to kill Georgina's character, Tess. You're, he's done. Like, it's going to happen. Don't go in there, Tess. Like, run away. Just run out the front door and go away. And I think that is really part of the, the quality of this movie. In that whole 45 minutes of it, you don't trust him one bit. You think he's the killer the whole time. You don't know that some, like, strange monster with superhuman strength is going to come out of the darkness and that you're going to find this huge tunnel that leads somewhere into the earth, like a million miles underground. You just think Keith is the killer, that he's the one that created this room with the, the videotape in the bed in the white room. You just think that he's the killer. So that is really, uh, a, I'll say fun part of the movie because He's a, he's a great actor, and I think his casting really plays into that. You've seen him in the horror movies, and it all comes back to that. So that whole 45 minute, the whole first part of this movie kind of wraps up that Bill comes home from his work day. Um, prior to that, him and Tess uh, have created this connection. You know, she is really, I don't know if, he's, if she's romantically invested in him but they make a connection they ended up they ended up drinking the bottle of wine talking all night and she trusts him they build that trust level uh the next day comes and she's there she finds the uh, she goes into the basement finds the secret room and of, of course becomes freaked out because she finds this hidden room that it's all white there's a video camera and there's a a blood handprint on the wall and of course freaks out. She's locked in the basement. Keith comes home and goes down there and that kind of sets it off. And eventually they find this huge tunnel down on underground. And here comes the mother character. That's kind of, I believe what it, I believe that is what it is called on. I'm to be the mother character and bashes his head in, bashes his head in like five times into the wall. Boom, dead. And here we go. Cut to the second half of the movie, Justin Long's character driving on PCH in Malibu, singing some random song. And at that whole point, you literally just went from like this huge, like high of like, holy, like, holy crap, jaws on the, on the floor. Like what just happened? What is that character? Is Tess going to live? Who, who, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, Justin Long's just driving his, his convertible, bobbing his head, do to do to do, and you're just like, in just shock. You're literally in shock, and it's a great sequence, in my opinion. Great sequence, and here's where we get going with Justin Long's character, AJ. Now, Justin Long, Long's character, AJ, he plays an actor. 
like I mentioned before, that's accused of harassing a co-star. And that's kind of how this beginning gets set up. He gets accused and it, you start, they build his character rather quickly. You see that he's a D-bag. He is denying these accusations, later admits that he did it. And he's on a quest in the beginning here to gather his assets so he can afford his lawyers to deal with the case, but then to counter sue. And it leads him to Detroit. It leads him to this house that all this stuff just transpired, leads him there because he he's actually the owner of the house and he's going to gather these assets and he's going to sell them off. And once he gets into the house, they build his character a little bit more. He's shocked. He sees people's luggage on the ground. He sees people's stuff in the bathroom. He calls the management company. He's yelling at them. They hang up on him. And you see, you know, he, he continues to be this G-bag that you don't like him. You, you, you see that he's not a good person. Um, there's a scene later on where he admits it, calls the co-star, and also, like it says, he's going to apologize. And so all this building up to to you know play off later on in the movie but you also see how naive he is how oblivious he is to what's kind of going on he doesn't call for help he doesn't uh, really try to solve it right away a full day transpires until he actually investigates whose stuff is this who's downstairs are there somebody in my house he doesn't check it and when he does actually find this hidden door hidden room hidden downstairs he busts out his measuring tape because he wants because he's selling his house. He wants to know if there's extra square footage that he can list on this on uh, for his listing so he can make more money. That's where, he, where what he cares about. He doesn't care to think, oh, somebody here, I'm uh, um, does somebody need help or somebody in my house? Am I going to die? No, it's I need more money. And so all this kind of uh, leads up to him running into the mother character. And eventually running into Tess. And so I'm going to kind of skip forward here because there's so much, there's a bit that happens here. He runs into the mother character. He, there's another room down there and all this kind of happens, but I'm not going to go scene by scene with this. Just wanted to kind of give, uh, you know, the development of AJ's character. And so with fast forwarding here till now the end, it ultimately comes down to AJ sacrificing Tess by throwing her off this water tower. And you're like, well, there's a water tower. Yes. Again, skipping forward all this stuff, but it's all on brand for his character, him sacrificing Tess for himself. And he goes down to check. Is she alive? Uh, is Tess alive? Is the, is the monster alive? And ultimately mother character squeezes his brains squeezes his, his eyes out and then crushes his skull and Tess ultimately kills the mother character with this gun. So intertwined in the second half is a scene that gives you some background of whose house it, it was back in, I don't know if it was the seventies, eighties. I don't, there wasn't a date and I'm not the best at, Oh, that car is from this, this date that this must be this uh, decade. I'm not sure if seventies, eighties back when that neighborhood looked we had green grass across every house. There, there were no abandoned houses. It was a good neighborhood, that timeline. But uh, you get an idea of how the creatures that live under the house came to be. So all that tied together now with this story, 
and the two parts, all the characters, how it's told, solid, solid across the board. I'm going to give my favorite scene here now. And it was kind of hard for me to pick one because again, I, I don't watch many horror movies these days and it's one that I wanted to change, which I think that is a sign of how quality this movie is, but it's definitely going to be the one that I talked about earlier with Bill's character, Bill Skarsgård's character, his head getting smashed in, and then ultimately cuts to Justin Long's character singing some random ass song. And you're the emotion, the emotional roller coaster that you're on is probably why it's my favorite scene. You're you're all you're literally just floored, and all of a sudden just cuts to Justin Long just singing his head, and yet you're you're processing everything still, and it just boom, Justin Long just singing and in his car, in the convertible, while you're just like speechless. So great sequence there with the movie. And kind of to wrap this up here, a buddy of mine that I was texting prior to watching it, he just said it's a weird movie. And it is a weird movie. I didn't really go into the milking stuff. Um why the mother character, why she's called that and all that kind of stuff. It's such a weird movie, but it all ties together that you're just like, holy crap. Like, could this happen? And maybe is that why it's good that there is some level, some small thought in your head. They're like, maybe this could happen. Maybe somebody could never leave their house and just dig miles into the, not miles, but deep into the earth's crust underneath their house, just stay there forever and just inbreed and inbreed. Maybe it could happen. So I think that really is part of why this is a quality movie. And I'm really stretching the quality line there. I mean, I'm meaning when I say that the, the director did a good job. There's good acting. I'm not saying quality is, Oh yeah, this is an inspirational movie. I'm saying it along the lines of it was well-made now. Let me know what you think. What do you what did you think of this movie? What do you think of horror movies in general these days? Scream invented it, reinvented itself. Jordan Peele is killing it. Crof crossovers with directors. What do you think about all that? Do you think that it's uh, a sign of the times that horror movies have really reinvented themselves? But uh, that's really been it for this back day episode. Uh, not really much inspiration here. Not, doesn't really have any big tie to myself or anything like that with some of the other movies that we've done back day episodes. Just a, a, a flat out horror movie that I threw on because I wanted to watch one. And that's really been it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Leave us a review if you can on your favorite platform. Thank you as always for listening, sharing the Movie Gloves podcast with your friends, family. And until the next, next one, I'll see you then.